Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear All you right, perfect. Awesome. awesome. Nice to meet you. I mean, this would be our first conversation that we're having voice to voice. And um, I don't think we've really talked so much. I, I just reached out to you via IG um, the last time I was in Bibado and you responded. And I was like, oh, this guy is a very, very cool guy. And then everybody has been following you on Instagram. Like you are like this guy that everybody feels like is super creative or like we've all seen your super creativity with releasing of content and the likes. And um, okay, before I even say that, for people that I believe some people are joining based on the fact that they are from um, the Midgish timeline and I can see some people too from Climber and I think over time um, more people would join before we even end it. But for everybody that is joining currently, if you're joining, please, I would want you to do something. I want you to retweet this on your homepage um, to invite your friends. <clears throat> Excuse me, because what we are going to be talking about today is not something that people get to share a lot. And uh, it's not something that people get to share a lot. And people have been seeing Dimeji has been sharing his content. Everybody's like, God, when can I ever become as creative as this yes today is the opportunity to learn um the creativity but the whole concept of this discussion is on how to get multiple jobs via personal branding so if you are into tech if you're like whatever you're doing our conversation will tip towards how you can expand yourself expose yourself to multiple job offers or multiple project offers via personal branding so let me just do the brief introduction um you can just please introduce yourself the major so that people listening will know you i, I believe your followers already know you though but yeah like just a quick summary about yourself and um we should straight to the discussion that i feel by the time we are done everybody will be like yeah this was a very very great session so please just introduce yourself Hi, thank you so much, Joel. Uh, my name is Ola Dimejajigbele, and I simply call myself a Christian creative. But then I focus a lot more on um, branding and identity. I'm actually a designer, uh, you know, backend where nobody gets to see, or I really don't talk about it because uh, that's what pays my bills. And then um, I, I'm someone who is very, very, very passionate about sharing the things I've learned and experienced over the years. And I do this through storytelling and just, you know, uh, encouraging productivity on Instagram, basically on social media all over the place, because I feel like it's a space where many of us are connected, even though we don't get to see each other or talk to each other every day, but there's some sort of connection, which is strong. So um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do or who I am. And I'm someone who, is, who loves knowledge transfer a lot. Uh, whenever there's an opportunity to speak about things that will probably empower people, uh, you'll find me there. And that's why I'm glad I'm actually here to talk about these things today. All right. So I am also this type of person that I love knowledge transfer a lot. I think that was why, not even I think, the reason why I started Climber, this brand that everybody's seen is because of um, something really peculiar about myself. Um, the fact that I am so passionate about people um, getting jobs or people earning very, very huge. Or like the normal status quo with the way Nigeria is with terrible payment. 
I feel like information is a very, very big thing when it comes to earning and people are like having their issues with getting access to the right information that will help them earn well. Or the information is not just in the right channels. And this is why we host Twitter spaces every week. This is the fifth episode. We've held like a couple of episodes around how people can get remote jobs, how to write for global tech companies and the likes. And uh, we also like in Climber, we like recruit people to um, agencies outside Nigeria, but it's specific to content marketing and content writers. So once again, if you're just joining, please retweet. Now let's go straight to um, what is really, really important tonight. A second. So the first question I would want to ask from what I wrote down here, because like the conversation, the conversation will be pretty random, but um, it would have a flow too as well. So everybody that is listening should pay attention. So the first question I want to ask is around uh, your school life, after school, like your life experience after college and your first choice of job. Because the thing is, number one, we looked at NYS now, they are going to pass out and everybody's definitely going to enter the job market. There is a joke people make a lot. I, mm -hmm. I've seen people make this joke that when people finish NYSC, they'll go and do POS. They'll go and do one thing. <laughs> so what was your experience? What was your experience after NYC? And um, let me just give for everyone listening to me. Uh, I don't okay, I will talk about myself. Like I'll just throw a hint about myself, but I did not do NYC. And that's because I I I dropped out in my final year. But um oh. let's talk about let's talk about what you did after college. How did you figure out that you were going to go into design? How did you navigate down to picking a career that you have grown so much in your career? What, how did you do, like break those challenges and the struggles? Uh, so I've always been someone who... I care a lot about creativity and any form of expression, like really. Uh, growing up, I was that kid that was always uh, you know, playing around with things. I think a lot. So whenever I see anything that sort of fascinates me, I want to sort of see how I can fix it or do something different. Basically, reinvent something that, that you know probably goes bad, that functions normally, but I want to see a better way to you know put it to use. And growing up with that kind of um, you know life, uh, it didn't take me too long before I realized that I'm actually going to be in a very like I'm going to be in a creative space, whether it is tech, whether it is engineering or whatever it is, I was going to become that person who built things that would last. And be, like, I loved seeing a blank, you know, canvas or a blank space and then turning it into, you know, sort of remarkable. And growing up in that particular space, um, there was a particular day I was just scrolling through one of my, like, I, I live in Ibadan. I grew up in Ibadan, but I didn't really school in Ibadan. But then, I was passing through a building called Coco House and I was pointing at the building telling my dad that one day I'm going to design something like this. And that led to my journey to becoming an architect. Um, so I studied architecture in school. And while studying architecture, basic the basic principles of design was, you know, the same thing that we've all been learning. The fundamentals of design, the principles, graphic design principles, basically. Those are the things that were guiding principles for us in architecture. But then it got to a point that I became tired of architecture. Not tired, but I wanted to understand design, you know, far beyond 
buildings because architecture basically tells you about buildings and you know structures foundations and all those things so i had this hunger to want to understand design beyond just buildings and that you know pushed me to a point of experiment so i was just searching the web um, going to different spaces uh, uh, having conversations with people what really is design and then that was where i came across a couple of tools Coral Draw, Photoshop, and that was in 2011, actually. Now, from that particular point, I was able to open Photoshop on my laptop, and I saw a blank, you know, space. And I was scrolling through Pinterest at that time, and I could see people producing things, and I'm like, how can I produce something like this as well? And I found those tools, and then I started practicing. Uh, I would probably watch like two tutorials on YouTube, and then from there, I go and practice. So watch one tutorial. I don't have to go back to the tutorial anymore. That was basically how I started my design journey or my life as a designer. And from there, I started designing logos, banners, all sort of things. Uh, and by 2014, um, I became like, like the go-to guy in school. So I schooled in Belgium University and I became some sort of the go-to guy in my department for anything design, anything artworks and stuff like that. And that put me in a position where I was like, okay, uh, if this could actually become something big, right, or something I was passionate about, then maybe it might become a lifestyle for me. But I have to mention this, that I wasn't seeing design as a job or as some sort of profession. I saw it as a way of life. Because basically everything I was leading my life towards was just expressing myself in any way I could. And honestly, this wasn't money-driven at, at the beginning. So right from school, I already knew that I wasn't going to work in the 95, even though I said I was going to, you know, work at one, just to understand the structure on the system before I started my own, you know, freelance life. And I'm seeing all these things because all these decisions I made between 2015, 2016 and 2014 and 2015, before I even finished school. By the time I finished school, um, I had to go back for my MSA. And during my MSA, that was when I actually just went all out into the business of design. So um, this is one thing I, of, I rarely share, but whenever I share it, I always add a disclaimer to it. Don't try it. Or if you're trying it, please uh, follow, you know, like just do what feels natural to you. So I decided to work for free throughout one year. That was 2015. And every design I did throughout 2015 was free. Uh, I remember vividly that um, there are these products you see all around um, if you go to any canteen or any um, shop that they sell drinks or whatever you'd always see this coca-cola branding in front of the shop um, i don't know if you've seen anything like that before joel um i don't i really don't know what you um the way you're talking about but yeah obviously i see designs for coca-cola oh. anywhere i go to no no like on the on the top of a of a shop you probably see like um coca-cola yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, you see the name yeah. of the store yeah so i saw stuff like that and i was like this is actually nice but what if it's customized to the business itself coca-cola and then um i visited all the regular spots that i visited a lot where i shop from you know the canteen the talk shop the supermarket and then i just you know looked at what they did Places I often go to, and then I redesigned, you know, individual banners for them. I did for about 15 different shops. And then after doing all that, I spent about four weeks producing all the designs. And then I started going to each shop, one after the other. And then showing the owners that, oh, I actually love, you know, you see me every day, I buy things from here. But I feel like you can actually sell more if you have, 
a proper branded um, banner that shows you your you know what you do and then i presented it to them and out of the 15 about not not about eight of them actually said wow that they really really loved it and they would want to you know progress with printing and setting it up the remaining seven you know just accepted it and said oh this is nice thank you so much and you know that was it they didn't further to you know say let's put it up or anything so for the remaining eight um i took you know a step further with them and said uh i was going to actually show them where they were, were going to print um i you know did the printing for them already they paid for printing but i did the printing for them and they set it up i called my carpenter so i started architecture and interior design so i had a carpenter that works with me and then we did all the setup for them and it was looking good and I didn't get paid for anything. I just did it for free because I love that. Well, anytime there was a day I was in this one of the stores and I was just buying, I think I was buying um conflicts, and then someone came in and said, Ah, that who did this design in the front of the shop? And the woman was like, Ah, it's one of my customers who and the guy is really good. And and she doesn't know me like one on one, but then she was able to give that testimony. And that's when I realized that okay, I think I'm actually good at what I do, and I'll go all out with this. And then for the remaining part of 20, 2015, I did all the designs for free. Uh, the church I worshipped at, uh, people wanted different things, and I was doing that with one particular goal in mind: to be able to understand how this thing works as a business, not just as uh, a, a an a hobby or something. So I was learning about communication, interacting with people. Um, how to organize my my, my files, um, you know, just basic things that you just need to understand. As all those things I learned in that one year, although it was tasking, was tasking, um, there were so many things I just didn't figure out. But then, because of that one year, a lot of things got clear, and, and uh, I saw that as a defining moment for my career as a creative, because there was expression for me. I wasn't limited by oh, someone is saying try this out, do it this way. I was just expressing myself the way it came. And, you know, going for NYSE, I already had very, very tough skills that I had. You know, I was really good with design. Um, I was, an, you know, like a to-be architect. So I didn't really have any problem with uh, getting a place to work because I had skills that could help me out. And then the first place I got, you know, my PPA, um, I started teaching them a couple of softwares about architecture, and then from there I started teaching them design. And um, I served, you know, in NCTF. In, so during NYSE, there's NCTF, and then I started in NCTF. And while my during my stay in NCTF, uh, I encountered, I met a friend, Leia. And meeting Leia, um, there was just that, you know, thing between me and him. You know, uh, he already had a knowledge of design as well, and then we started working together doing things and just from that relationship a lot of things just exploded you know uh, we started teaching people how to design as well did the design class and everything just took up from there so there was there was already that that um, established knowledge that i had from school and then from 2015 the practicing became really really serious that i just took it all out and then after that i went full into branding and identity after nyse and that was how the whole thing started for me. So it was very intentional, but at the same time, there was a flow. You know, I didn't just say, oh, I figured it out right immediately. There was a flow between oh, what I studied in school architecture, understanding design as a way of life, and then practicing design, not just as a hobby now, but as a business.
So um, I think I've, I've spoken too much. But yeah, that's basically the yeah. story. So um, I think you summarized. You summarized everything we want to talk about this night. But I um, now at this point, um, we would break it step by step for everybody listening, because there is I want there is a goal I want everybody listening to benefit from, and this it is this. Maybe people don't pay attention to you a lot, but I am this. I am a very um, analytical person. I I understand strategy very well. So I look at the business side of people's profession. There was this time, before I even got to know you, whenever I wanted to download photos from Unsplash. Unsplash, Unsplash is like a website where you download photos. I, I saw your photo, I downloaded it. But when I started getting to know you, I think it was through Salem King. Salem and I, we attend the same church. She said, Abuja, um, Precious Gaza too. So uh, when I saw your picture, I was like, is this guy? Oh, this guy is on, um, this is in Nigeria. I even never knew you were in Nigeria. I was like, oh, that's nice. Then I paid attention to your Unsplash profile. I was like, this guy has his profile on Unsplash. And it has millions of views. I think you have some of your photos that have had millions of downloads or maybe hundreds of yeah. thousands of downloads. Exactly. Yeah. So I looked at it that if this guy um, was so strategic enough to have his pictures on Unsplash, the traffic that this thing will be driving down to his page about his profession would be huge. And then a conversion, another thing that would be exposing you to more and more people that want you to work on projects for them. I was like, man, this is so, so smart. Then when I started also seeing you make IG videos, while your IG videos are really entertaining, um, I'm looking at it from the other angle again, strategy, in that everybody wants to download your IG videos and share. Automatically, you're positioning yourself to be at the center of your content is like a drive a, a your content is like an engine that attracts clients or projects um to you automatically without having to stress yourself so that is the center of our focus today and what i mean yeah. is this nigerians everybody listening to this now currently one or two persons are not in designs um, are not probably doing design somebody is probably writing somebody is probably a, a writer a content marketer a software developer and the likes and we figured out that, and some people might not even have jobs currently, probably are just going to be done with NYC and the likes. What I want us to like flow with this discussion, the direction is on how through personal branding, um, and I will let you to talk, but I, I want everybody listening to this currently to really understand the concept, the context of what we want to talk about, on how through personal branding, you can actually expose yourself to more job opportunities because mm -hmm. the context of what we've been talking about the past two, few weeks was, and I think the first one we hosted was on how people can get remote jobs. The second one was on how writers can work for top companies in the US and we like, they really learned. So at this point in time, whether somebody is working with a company in Nigeria and you feel like, well, this company is not paying me very well and I'm not trying to shade Nigerian companies, but Nigerian companies don't really pay well compared to like foreign companies. Sure. It, makes, it makes sense to like increase the um, 
sources of income. Now we can be saying um, we can be morally we can say this morally that it's not good to work for three companies. But if a company is paying you, let's just say an average Nigerian company will pay you like one fifty two hundred, it's it's not going to take all your day. It doesn't also stop you from like having another side um, income or another job from another company where you can also still be earning that same amount and double the amount of money you're earning. So now let's talk about how you worked through this strategic process of the, the, the posting of your pictures on, 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 on Splash. Were they just random or did you think about it like, this is what I do as a creative. I am a designer. On Splash is a good platform to post my pictures because if I put my pictures on Unsplash, it's to drive traffic to me. Behance is a good platform. I know some designers or product guys, they use Behance. Behance is a good platform to put my pictures because once I put on Behance, it, and people are going to see it. They will check my profile. They will probably go check my portfolio and the likes. Did you think about these things strategically or they um, happened randomly to you? I want us to like walk through that step because as we're walking through the step, everybody will begin to realize that, okay, if I am a writer, um, by writing, uh, I might be writing for company A, but I could actually expose myself to more opportunities by writing on Medium, by posting short content on LinkedIn, by ensuring that I write on Substack for more people to come along. So I want you to walk us through like that journey of the strategic thinking you had around um, the strategic thinking you had around how can you build a personal brand for the profession you're doing in order to have more visibility. So um, I'll let you speak. Others can sh please share this thing again once to your timeline so that more people will join here. So let me let you speak, please. All right. Um, well, so uh, I think that's very expressive. You've given a lot of uh, ground to what I'm about to share. So. I'll start with the you know stock photo I you know thing. Uh, um, originally it started from a problem or an issue I found, and a lot of designers would agree with me on this. So you're searching for you know images of people of color to use for a design, and say you're working with say um, okay so let me use my own example. So at the time I was working with a church in Canada. Uh, with um, the church designs and social media things. And then uh, I've always used pictures of people, white people in the designs. And the reading Bible, it's all good. But then there was a particular day the pastor requested specifically for an African person reading a Bible. And I searched the all of, you know, all the stock photo sites I knew. The ones I found were either to be paid for or of low quality. So that was very, you know, discouraging and at the time i already had the workspace all set up looking you know a little bit fine so that morning i just said you know what i'm going to snap myself reading the bible and then trying to use it for the design and i did and i used my smartphone at the time i was using a pixel too so taking that particular picture i used it for the design i took like about three to four more and just kept in case something like that comes up again and when i sent it to the person to the pastor he lost this and they said please do more things like this we don't mind having your face on our back on our posters just do more like this and that was a win for, for me through him and then uh i don't know how it happened but one designer from nigeria here also saw the design and was 
like this is actually good that ah can you send this picture to me i sent it to him and before i knew it uh, i've seen you know the picture circulate around a particular design space on whatsapp over some you know four or five weeks and then a friend of mine francis just messaged me one day and said all oh, these your pictures why not just put them on stock photo sites you know they would have more reach more visibility i actually never thought of them because the problem that i had was that i couldn't find those kind of pictures on stock photo sites and then he's advising me to put it and i just took his advice and i pulled out the four i had at the time up there one reading the bible one you know using my smartphone wearing glasses and reading a book and everything went up to pixels and, and on splash as well and i forgot about them that was in may 2019 i forgot about the pictures and then before i knew it people started tagging me on different photos oh the major picture is here the major picture is there and i was like wait what is going on so i went back to pixels and realized that four photos i gathered over a million views in the space of four weeks and over like i think over ten thousand downloads and that was massive that was crazy i was like i didn't even expect that happening and then that was when i did the very strategic thing so there's this thing on all these stock photos show you uh, what people search for to find your images and then i took all those searches and then created more content that fit those descriptions for example uh someone wearing glasses african man reading bible african man using social media um black man using um you know tech or something and things related to that and i started producing more content like that and in the space of a year the photos have gathered over 20 million views across the two different platforms i put them on pixels and on splash and that was how the old stock photo thing started and then in 2020 when lockdown happened i took it a step further to create stock photos for you know uh the pandemic period so i was wearing nose mask and i used it as well and i've gotten a couple of people share that oh they used it in one hospital on one website and stuff like that and that was was how the stock photo thing started it started from a problem i saw that i needed to solve this for myself not knowing that there was a bigger market for that particular you know approach and while i was on that uh i started getting a lot of uh, recommendations no recommendations per se like people would request for images if i would if i couldn't i would decline i started producing images for other persons and then there was a particular day um that was the first time I ever got a job through uh, someone I met online on Instagram. All my jobs have always come referrals and recommendations from people I've always known. And then the person found me through Pixels. He was searching for images to use for his website. He's a lawyer. And then he just found my email on the site. He sent me an email for trying to get this done with a brand you know, law firm in canada and also um you know the ui for his website his new website and i got that job and that was one of the isp jobs i ever got then which was good it was encouraging and just by seeing that i realized that okay i actually need to now position myself properly not just as a designer now but, but as an all-round creative because i produce content for podcasts the simple creative i produce content on youtube i produce content on instagram basically just encouraging other creatives to sort of start something from nothing and being a designer alone as a tag was not solving that problem because i wasn't speaking to only designers i was speaking to a lot more persons you know creators of all sorts fashion designers um you know wherever it is you are you have the ability you actually have the thing inside of you to be creative and that was where you know the old transition started before i called myself a brand architect which i am still but then now i'm more of an all-round creative because i 
I feel like there is more to me than just a name tag or a social media bio. And that was where all these expressions were coming out from. So expressing myself in words, express myself uh, through video, expressing myself with the, you know, the natural quirky part of me, which is the reels you guys see. But then starting from that stock photo space, I realized that a lot more persons could actually find me through those spaces. And I was putting out more content like that. Um, as I speak of the, at the moment, I think the images should have gotten over 100 million views all around. And Are you still, that's, and still, <laughs> that's still one of those crazy things. Um, through that, I got interviewed by Pixels. Um, I got verified as a Pixel creator. Um, I got enrolled into the uh, Pixels slash Pixels and uh, Canva collaboration, you know, creators or something like that. And that was how all these things just fit together. And before I knew it, a lot of things became clearer. So um, at, at the start, it wasn't intentional. It was just someone said, oh, put it up there. And then and when I saw the way it could actually help me scale, then I became a lot more serious with it. Now, people were always telling me that monetize this thing, but I've not always been that person who wants to put a, a price on knowledge because I believe that if you can give freely, you also gain more. And if you be told, then nothing comes to you. And that's one particular part in the Bible that actually says, I think it's Proverbs 11:24. So it makes it very clear that if you can give freely, you would gain more. So I started pushing out content whichever way I could, any platform, any way, any means. And that's why you see me everywhere, you know. Whether it is audio form content, you find my podcast there. I started a new one as well with uh, Social Media Olga. Whether it is video content, I have a lot of them on YouTube. Whether it is things that make you laugh, Reels and TikToks are for that. And if you need resources that would help you scale, I've written, I have a lot, a lot of eBooks and a couple of other things I've been able to develop through. But it started from just that place of exploring my creativity, whichever way it comes. So. Now, turning it into a business, right? I feel that that's one very tight spot for a lot of creatives. Uh, most of us don't really understand the business of design or business of creativity. They see a lot of people they call um, stubborn artists. And as much as that is true, um, there's a very, there are great areas to that entire you know, discussion. Because if you think about it, nobody wants to uh, start doing something and not want to get results from it. But then the reason why you're starting it matters a lot. Now, I, wasn't, I didn't start all these things because I wanted to earn from it. I started it because there was a passion flowing in me that I needed to just let out there. And if you can just scatter yourself to the, to the length you can, eventually you will start earning from these things. Now, the reason why I started is this. The very first job I got as a designer came from someone who saw something I did for someone else for free. And I'll give the account. So uh, I was designing for a particular church. And then for that one year I talked about in 2015, I designed for a particular church throughout that year. And then when I was about leaving for NYC, um, I went to the pastor's office for a meeting to just tell him I'm leaving for NYC. And then there was another man who came to visit him, another pastor. And then he was telling the, the other pastor that uh, they need to do a, a, a crusade and then they need design. And he was asking, who does your design? in this church and then they mentioned my name and they said ah the image is really good but it's expensive and the church never paid me a dime and that was the very first job i got that like paid paid 
and it came from a free space. So the pastor was driving me, but at the same time, picking up things that would help me stay relevant in that space. Uh, communication skills with with other designers, other creatives, how to interact with clients, how to you know understand when to give um, revisions and things like that. Basically, just understood how this thing can actually run as a business. And after learning all that, the application was now for me to push out as much as I can, and then eventually, imagine, imagine if, um, you know, out of a thousand things you push out, ten brings you results. Shouldn't you push out a lot more than a thousand? Yeah. So, uh, right. so, so let, let me cut you short on that, so that we like try to break from other things for uh, more people to like perfectly understand. All right. Yeah, so <clears throat> there's this lady I found on TikTok or when I was watching TikTok video that they said um, she made $1 million um, teaching Excel in 2021. Hmm. And uh, her name is Kat Norton. For anyone listening to this, you can go check Kat Norton. She started with, like, let me just make random videos about Excel. Uh, and... Um, People like shared it. Oh, this was insightful. Like, and she kept making those videos, and her followers started growing to the point she felt like, okay, let me launch a course from it. And then she launched a course. And in 2021, this is somebody that was living with her mom to now having a business that made one million dollars. So why did I say this? Uh, I have. I, I will let you like answer a question I'm going to ask, but. I'm trying to like ensure that we don't just explain so much, but lay, I, I want to all, um, all try to lay the foundation of why all of these things. Um, I've noticed this thing with nine. We don't know how to do personal branding. We don't know how to create channels that um, would drive either passive or active income for ourselves, I am streams of jobs for ourselves. And this is what I mean. When it comes to TikTok, I have not really seen a lot of Nigerian professionals maximize using TikTok. When it comes to YouTube, I've not really seen a lot of Nigerians maximize using YouTube. When it comes to blogging, mm. people that do some of these things do it out of passion, which is good. I believe in passion. But at the same yep. time, I believe we can scale better with whatever we are trying to do. If we really understand, and for the question I, for the question I, I have it, like I, I would ask, the question I want to ask you is how to choose the best platform for personal branding. But okay. um, yeah, but before I ask the question, I really want everybody that is listening to this to really understand that whatever profession you, because everybody's goal here, trust me, everybody that is listening to this, I doubt if there is anybody here that does not want to double their income in the next six months. Like I want, I want to 10 times my income in the next, maybe next two, three months. And I'm doing something strategic mm -hmm. towards that. But everybody here wants to double down their income. And I have seen the impact. I write, and I'm also a content marketer. So okay. I've impact of writing. I remember when I was writing in 2019, I was writing on medium, on business strategy, on entrepreneurship and startups. Then there is this um, platform, Tekedia. There's this man, Professor Undubusi, on LinkedIn. I was also trying to like really understand LinkedIn then. And LinkedIn was very boring. I just joined LinkedIn. I was like, what are these people doing there? Everybody's just doing <laughs> aspire 
Maguire. Now, LinkedIn, believe you me, between 2019 and 2020, so LinkedIn has given me access to a lot of top guys within different industries. So um, I reached out to Tekedia. I sent a, an email that I would love to write for them for free. So they went to check the content. I posted two links to the content I've written on Medium. And they were like, okay, yeah, they would love me to write for them then i think a week later they emailed me back that um they've checked my medium account and at first they didn't believe that i wrote the first content because it was looking like it was by harvard business review writer because it was really standard on business analysis so they said dude would you love to move your articles to our blog i was like yeah 2019 i just i just dropped out from school then and i dropped out in 2018 finally everybody was like dude you are crazy and i'm like i I want to revolutionize education. I want to like create a platform where um, people would get to like learn skills without going to school. Like that was the ambition I had. I don't need a degree and some other things like that. So I was broke then. When they said, move your articles down to take care, they will pay so and so much. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I want us to like hammer on the point of, and, and that I would want you to buttress on the point of, we are in a time where media is like a big thing. And why some people believe that you can hustle in silence, let your money speak for you? Good. But we are approaching an age where through personal branding, you can have, you can be in the midst of like, you can be like, uh, I don't know the words to put it. You can be rightly positioned around different opportunities that can your income in that it can bring projects for you it can put you in the spotlight for um, partnership it can put you for to um, into the spotlight for so many things which we've seen it play out for you so i want you to first answer the question on how do we choose the best platforms for personal branding i i you will definitely explain as a designer obviously but i believe even writers and the like would really understand and this might not be like peculiar to everybody not everybody's advice to like go into it but i want people to really understand that personal branding itself as it is working for you everybody knows dimiji like everybody here is attending because they know dimiji is creative but people don't know that dimiji is sitting down in the corner of his room and different emails are coming into his inbox because they saw one particular video he did and they looked at the screen they were like design ah it's dimiji would you help us work it now you're having an edge over other designers who are just sitting down in their corner of the room and they're like praying for jobs to come to pass. So I want you to answer the question, how do you choose the best platform for personal? Um, you can talk generally, but you can also be creative. Okay. And if, sorry, uh, um, I'm so sorry if I got you short. If you're listening to this again, please retweet to guys in your timeline. Let them come and listen to this because I feel like it's really important. So let me let you speak. All right, uh, on platforms to push your personal brand. Now, no, no channel or no platform works better than the other. It's all about how you tell the story. Whatever story it is that you have, whatever way you want to position yourself. And one of those key things that um, I advocate for a lot is the way you tell your story will determine the response of those who listen to you. And I'm using social media as a base for this. Uh, you can't want to tell a great compelling story as a writer and then you're overly focus on Instagram. It doesn't work that way because Instagram is more visual than reading, although you can leverage it. 
So if you are a writer, Medium might be the, one of the best places. But at the same time, you should look at that. Now, if you look at the way stories have been told, stories can be told in many different ways. You know, it can be a video, it can be a text, it can be an image or audio, it can be a website, mobile apps, even virtual has now become an option. Just looking at all these things, if you want to actually make the best of whatever it is out there today, I would say use everything. But then start with the ones you have more inf or you're, you're, you're most attached to. And I'm saying attached to in the sense that I'm not someone who writes a lot or tweets a lot. So um, the expressive side of me didn't really get convenient with Twitter that often or that quickly because I felt like, what would I be tweeting about? You know, what would I be writing, you know, short, short things when I have a lot to say in my head? So I, I didn't abandon Twitter, but I didn't use it that much. But then I started seeing people use Twitter for the same reason I felt I wanted to use Twitter, which is to promote designs or show people what I've done before as a, as a designer. And I had a friend who did that really well, started putting his designs on Twitter and realized that, oh, there's actually a community on Twitter that, you know, had, you know, um, that was strong. So you never can tell what platform is best because each platform is unique in its own way, and it depends on how you tell your story. Look at um, Gary Vee, for example. Literally on any platform, he's there and he's doing well. But then he capitalized on one when he started with Twitter, Twitter and then switched it over to Instagram, and everything started looking really well. And that's because whatever platform it is you've done really well on, the influence from there can start extending to other platforms. So. How do you use all these platforms to push yourself out there? It's very simple. Use content. And I mean content. It's not the text you write. It's not the words you write. It's how you show the things that you do or the things that you know to people. It can be in long form. It can be in short form. It can be in real time. Like what we're doing right now is real time content. And a lot of persons are seeing this. And um, with respect to that, now they know that, okay, Climber is an online education platform where you can Learn a couple of other places and then get exposed to information about things that you can use to scale your business or become a, a someone who uh, benefit who does better, you know, for themselves, earn more, and things like that. And that's the way it is. So the platforms you're looking at, the platforms that are out there, try to use as many of them as possible. But then find one that what you create or what you do is most like you can express yourself really well. I chose Instagram because I'm more of a visual person. I make videos, I make designs, I share things that are educational. It's like an all-in-one platform for me. And after a while, I saw that, okay, there are more platforms that can actually leverage then. Because of the little impress I had on Instagram, it was easy to start switching or pushing people to these other platforms to see more and more of these things. That's why you find a lot of persons using whatever place they built that they have the influence at or on to push things like their newsletter, um, and a couple of other different things. But you know, everything is still based on the story behind your content. You can't just be, you know, sharing things without a reason. You yourself are a story. If you think about it in a very literal sense, you're a story, there are things particular to you. Now, how you convert it into becoming, um, say, something that can earn you money or make you have more influence or whatever it is, it now depends on how you position yourself to actually be that. So, uh, um, so in short, no platform is better than the other. It's just, just the way you tell your story that actually matters on these platforms. 
and a lot of persons repurpose content from different places. Why? Because the way it appears on this platform will be different from the way it appears on this platform. And if you can do that well, if you can do that really well, there are a lot of persons to see and learn from. They've done it time and time again. And I feel like many persons need to understand that it's not only about uh, what you're trying to say now. It's how you tell it. And you don't tell by just telling. You tell by showing to a great extent. Because if it's not physical, if it's not visual, if people can't consume it by themselves, then I don't think it should be a story you want to tell at all. So, all right. Um, I, I want to ask you a question, a personal question. When okay. you were done, when you were done with NYC, did you have challenges looking for jobs? And um, like, did you at any point get to that point where you're like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, like the next phase of my career. And if you actually experienced that, how did you like try to figure out that particular point? Because like I said, some people might be coppers here. Um, yeah. Some people are not even coppers, but they're actually experiencing that particular stage in uh, their careers where they're like, what exactly am I doing? The feel of what is in my career and how did you navigate it? Did it just happen to you randomly? Or like, did you, did, were there some principles you applied that you're like, okay, if I, I take this thing, this is the next step that will happen because I think I do my things that way. I ask myself if I take this yeah. next, if I take this step, what Very will be the impact? Yeah. So, um, how did you? How did you like? Did you apply for jobs? Did you experience rejections, or you just plunge yourself into the creative world? Did you really explore the nine to five or full startup world where you were working with for companies? Did you have like challenges that um, getting them to employ you and the likes? Okay. I your experience around that all right so um after i finished nyc um i remember i think i i mentioned it here that i said i wasn't going to work for anybody and start my own thing but then getting into the nyc like after nyc i realized that i can't just go ahead and start my own thing without any money so uh, i got a job in an architectural firm now, I started working at the architectural firm in 2015. Now, I was doing that alongside the design side also that I was doing. So, design was a side also. While at the same time, I was going to school, I was schooling for my master's, and also I was working with, an, with a landscaping firm in Lagos. Now, during that period, it was for two years. So, I did that for 2016, 2017. In 2018, you know, NYC didn't really allow me to do much of that. I just focused more on design and, you know, NYC stuff. Now, after, after NYC, the things I learned from, you know, working with that particular firm for two years made me realize that if I am all out for this particular firm, where I go to Lagos at least three times a week while still going to school and get all these things together, then that means I'm actually fit enough to actually start my own thing and run it well. And this is what I would say to you. While I I was doing all that for the two years. I was saving up for my own practice or whatever this is going to be eventually. So I was saving up, uh, you know, for when I'm going to start the design thing fully, which is the brand architecture or brand designer thing. Because I realized that I needed to upgrade my workspace, get better equipment for work and stuff like that. So while doing all that, I was saving up. And the moment I finished NYSC, I wanted to go back to that particular firm and start working with them. And I worked with them for about six months before I 
eventually quit. Now, the six-month period was for me to actually save more and more so that by the time I eventually quit and start this design thing full-time, I won't have to, like, I know that I'll, I'll prob I probably won't get jobs the first few months. So I would have enough money to still survive without having to, you know, start running back to my parents and stuff like that. And I did all that to a great, to a great extent. I saved enough money up during the six months of working with the firm again. And then I went all out. Now, going all out, I came back to Ibadan, where I grew up. And then I decided to build my workspace using my knowledge of architecture built my own workspace everything i needed and then went fully into design now for the first months i didn't get one single job i was basically just redesigning things um you know uh perfect like fine-tuning you know my instagram page as a portfolio was it, was, it, was it that they were rejecting you or you were not applying all right so i was applying now you know it's a freelance thing right so i, I was reaching out to people to you know oh uh i'm happy redesign this redesign that and i realized that the more i was trying to you know push the more there was pushback so i said okay you know what i'll be pushing this much anymore i'm going to actually pour out enough designs that people start to see that okay this guy actually does this so i think the problem that i've seen a lot of is you do not do something but you don't show it then how do people know that this is what you can do and that is the essence of having a portfolio. So I was pouring out designs, like literally every week, I'll push out at least four designs on my business, on my design page. And the more I did that, um, the more I started seeing people, you know, come and see the things I was doing. And while I was doing that, um, after about a month of doing that actively, I got, I got a DM and someone said that they needed um, a logo. And then I worked on the logo and well, it paid well, but I felt like it was kind of small, but then it paid well. And after that, um, I started doing more and more. I started showing the process behind the work I was doing. So I would do speed videos of me designing a logo. I would do a day in my, you know, a day in my life every single day on Instagram. So I would record myself working, and by 4 p.m. I would post it on social media. So I basically was pushing out content and my own works so that people can see that this is what I do full time. And from there, I started getting jobs. And the jobs are coming based on oh, uh, the person is not the one employing me now or getting like getting my services, but the person is like oh, I know someone who needs this. Dimeji, you know maybe you should message Dimeji on Instagram. And that was how the whole thing actually you know became what it is. You know, or Dimeji is a designer, you can text him on Instagram. Dimeji is this, you can text him on Instagram and start getting DMs to actually get designs done. But at the same time, I realized that that wouldn't really you know it won't come all the time so i went back to uh the many many connections i've made during nyc while i was doing my masters and i was working for all these people for free and then they started recommending me to other persons that okay it's good and you can do this so the more i pushed out the works i had or the things i've done before the more i had people say okay let's do this together let's work on this and then i leverage a lot on collaborations you know um so there was this thing that i experienced at some point i had a friend who was a web designer and while we did designs together while, while he was doing his own, his own thing someone messaged him one day and said that they needed to do full branding and the full branding included a website but because he wasn't a branding person he turned down the job and when he told me i was very upset i was like you know i'm a brand designer why didn't you just tell me 
and he said eh, so that you make all the money and that was very it, it didn't seem it didn't make sense to me so i was like guy you should have just collected the job and employed me to work for you and that was it so that was what i started doing so anytime i got a job that required full branding with websites i don't design websites even though i have an idea um, i had a group of persons that i would always just reach out to um, i have this particular job is a web design job and is this something you can take if the person says yes i ask how much you want to get paid the person tells me and from there i'm collecting the project as a contractor now which is something that i learned from architecture you contract things out to people but you get paid the bigger share because you're bringing them in and i said in that even though i was doing the branding they do websites they do mobile apps or whatever it's they need to do but then i'm collecting the project and basically they, they became people that i employ from time to time and that was how i ran you know the design thing till now but i took i sort of took a break from a while ago to focus fully on uh, the creative expression part which is content creation and um, production which is uh, web um, video editing and the rest so leveraging collaborations pushing my things all out to let everybody see because if you don't push it out there then what is the point nobody sees it and that was how i actually did all that all right so uh you mentioned the word portfolio and i think pushing your things out actually is a way to build portfolio and i like i want to bank on that statement because i i would i'll give a story so currently in my dm on linkedin i have i have an appointment with the founder of a company they just raised they raised 3.5 million dollars um last year december i'm not going to mention the company's name so i'm speaking with the founder of the company Basically, and she said, um, I reached out to her that I discovered your company has raised this particular amount of money and you would want to expand your um you would want to expand your team. So we hire, like we connect um people that are professionals for writers and content marketers, basically. So and we have a website for that. I think I would get the website and add and um I would switch the website now. So anybody that you have friends and um family that are content writers or content marketers, you can just like follow the site, drop your data information in the database. And um, if you are good, we can connect you with jobs. So she said that I should like get people um, into, like I should refer people that are qualified for this particular position. And when I paid attention to it, I looked at people that are my friends because I wanted my friends, like people in my circle to get it. But Unfortunately, I cannot recommend a lot of people in my circle, and it's because of one reason: they don't have portfolios. And I'm very, I'm being very honest with you. I I posted on my WhatsApp status this morning. I said, "This is the particular rule. I, I'm not going to mention the rule so that you you all will not end, rush into my DM and say, yes, I want this job. Uh, please, Nigerians have this problem. We have the problem of we want to end huge." But we do not even understand. I can I can bet you that about thirty percent of people here, or twenty percent of people here, do not have portfolios. And some might even be asking, like, what's a portfolio about? So, like, a portfolio is like just a database or like a a content base of all the old projects that you have. And like the major, like earlier mentioned, that it will constantly put. Like, the reason I ask this question of did you get rejection? People get rejections, but a lot of people do not pay attention to the fact that. Some of this rejection comes from the fact that you don't even have something to prove that you are good somewhere 
um, or some some place. So uh, I will just say this to everybody listening to this: please, if you do not have a portfolio, go get one. And the major has explained that you could do it by collaborating. I told a friend; he, he introduced me to a community, and on the community. Um, there are lots of job offers that come. And this is not a Nigerian community. I joined this community. This, this my guy, has been in the community for a very long time. But I joined the community and in two weeks, I'd already started getting projects from like lots of people within the community. Like people that um, have like huge projects, they want other people to do it. They will say, uh, I want you to come and write, I want you to come and write um, an article. We'll pay you uh, $300 for 2,000 words. To pay six hundred dollars for um six hundred dollars for nine hundred words, and this my guy, I started showing him screenshots that oh I'm currently talking with the founder of this com com uh, company. I'm currently talking with the head of content of this company. It was like how are you doing it? I said, do you have a portfolio? He said no. I said so build one. He was like how how do I build one? I said you build one by suggesting uh, by doing free work while. We might think that this free work of a thing too does not make sense. It makes sense. Like I think it's one of the reasons yeah, why. It, that was one of the things I actually used to be able to, you know, get my work started. Because all those works from 2015, 2016, I just packaged it together and you know into a particular space, like a PDF, and was using that as a portfolio till I started taking more jobs and then updating it for you know professional purposes. So it's very important. Yeah, so I would recommend that everybody here um, build a portfolio. Although I think I made a video on YouTube on how people can go build their portfolio. So um, people should, like, just as you're listening to this, I'm trying to, like, get the link to uh, stuff. So I'll post the link to the recruit stuff. I would also post the link to um, um, a portfolio, uh, the video I made on the portfolio for people to watch. So I have another question here. Oh, man, it's almost 8 o'clock. And I still have like two questions to ask or three questions. And then I will let people ask. I will let people ask questions so that um, because people will be like, yeah, this is an opportunity for us to finally get to Miss Dimeji. How do you think about virality? Like we, we, the, I, I follow your Instagram, but I'm more entertained with, I'm not a creative. Like I don't write. At some point I feel like ah, I wanted to even be a creative like Dimeji and stuff like but I don't think I'm really inclined in that direction. So how do you think that this my content would tap? Let me use that word. Like this my content is going to bang. Like if I posted this content, although I think I've seen you jump on trends, but I feel like we Nigerians are really leaving a lot of things on the table. Like we are walking away from so many opportunities on the global scale by. Uh, by not considering how effective our, our, our profession can also go viral. So how do you think about virality with the skill sets you have? While you're talking, let me just fetch the link so that everybody that is listening to this, please, as you, as you just, as I post the link, if you have friends that are writers and content marketers, just retweet and tag them or you just share to them. And also um, um, just pay attention. There's a, another link I'm going to share with you or explain why i'm sharing the link so yeah you can go ahead Dimiji. all right so on viral content or getting your skills to go viral i'll say two things the first is you have no control over the platform so don't be too focused on 
going viral. Because I'll share this. If your goal is to go viral, it will take you longer to produce what it is you want to produce. And if you check, a lot of people who are big on social media and all these different platforms, if they, are, if they were not an already made celebrity and social media is what made them you know, popular, then you realize that they have tons and tons of content on their own platforms. And if you can quote me anywhere, go and check. Any Instagram account you see that has over 10,000 followers, I'm very sure they have nothing less than 600 posts. And that's because accumulation brings about numbers. So if you say, you know, uh, for every single post you create on social media or on Instagram, you get 10 followers. That means that you must have created a thousand posts to get 10 followers, to get 10,000. And that's not the case because sometimes you make a post and it gets like 500, it gets like, you know, maybe 50 followers. You can make a post, it gets like 10. You make another, it gets nothing. You make another one and it gets like, you know, 200, 300, depending on how the content is. Over time, you realize that because you're producing more, you have more persons who see the things you do and then you increase, you grow. But then you now say you're focusing on just one content to go viral and you created the content. And let's assume by magic or by whatever it is, it goes viral. People who saw the video go viral will come back to your page. I want to see what else do you have on the page? And you can imagine they only find just one video. Do you think they would stay? They wouldn't. But the video actually did go viral. So you do have a track record. You just had a lucky hunch. Hunch can't take you far. So you need to actually be consistent in producing that particular kind of content. Have a track record. Let people know that this is what you do and you did really well. Luckily, you might be lucky. You know, one content goes viral. You might be lucky. Two goes viral. goes viral. But the thing is, you need to actually have that. that and that's the same he said about portfolio that is your portfolio the more people can see the more you have influence the more you have leverage you even start making more money and start getting more jobs so going viral shouldn't be the goal producing your content the best way you can should be the goal anybody who focuses on going viral if you make the video and you spend like 100 days to make a video or let's say 10 days and it doesn't go viral you'll be discouraged and if you're discouraged you'll be able to create at all so going viral shouldn't be the goal Focus on mastering your craft so well that you simplify it enough that you can produce more and more and more within a short period of time and then it gets you the visibility you want. But then just one content going viral won't change anything. You have to actually have more. Have a track record. Let people see what you've done before. So I think that's what I have to say on that. All right. Oh uh, so as, as, you were, as you were saying this, I remember something. I remember the video I made, but I'm going to talk about that. So for everyone listening, I've, I've dropped the link to, um, I uh, just checked the page now. I dropped the link to um, the recruits page that we have. Like, I'm really passionate about um, people getting to pay game anymore in Nigeria. Nigerian, uh, foreign companies are willing to pay Nigerians 10 times the amount that we're earning. And I'm not saying everybody should jump professions. If you're not fit for a particular level, there's no need forcing it. So uh, I, I just felt like I should, I should keep this in, like for people listening to this. So on Zikoko, I think um, on Twitter was like, um, remote job is a big thing. Remote job is a big thing. There is this lady, 24 years old lady that said she's a content marketer in 93K and everybody's like, God, when? God, when? What's your take on remote jobs? And um, 
this this uh strategic positioning of your content or of your craft has it really attract uh, opportunities for remote jobs for you and do you do you work do you work on do you work do remote jobs or you're, you're just really focused on the business side of your craft are you open for remote jobs do you currently work remote jobs how did you get it did you find um, having your craft um, distributed across different platforms uh, an advantage? Like when you have on, unsplashed or over 100 million views, did you at any point get people from Canada, from US, they, oh, I checked your profile after I saw your content there and I would want you to work with us because we checked your, your website or your portfolio? Um, yeah, I, I get a lot of that. Uh, I just wanted to mention that I may need to go soon. Timing. I'm so sorry, but then the thing is, um, the more you uh, push the things you do out there, the more people see you as someone can lead in any way or as influence or whatever. Naturally, by default, if you see anybody with like you know 20k followers on on Twitter, you sort of have some sort of authority. Why? Because they've been able to grow that into something that is good that everybody admires and if you are now really good at what you do as well right it's a plus really really good plus because now more persons see the things you do and then they, they can actually inquire more about the services you offer so the visibility is good but then can you match it up with the skills that is needed to actually get the job done or to help you earn more uh, a lot of people who have made multiple, multiple followers online, they actually uh, might not be making so much money, probably because they've not leveraged that part. Yes, there's a spotlight, but then they have skills to back that up. So it's just one thing I feel like we need to just look into. And um, uh, there is a lot more to talk about. And I'm so like, I feel like we should have, like we, should, we, we had more time to, you know, go into all these things. But uh, it would be great to actually schedule a different one. Maybe that might be amazing. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe people have okay. questions. Yeah. Um, so I think, can you entertain one question before you go? Because it sounds like you are in a big hurry. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, if yeah, anyone sure, has, yeah, sure. Okay. So if anyone has um, a question, please signify so I would add you. Uh, I would let you like ask questions to the media uh, concerning this topic. And I think that we might need to have like lengthy discussion around this if you have another time for us to like get extensively on this. Um, yeah, and, sure, we uh, can get another time. Yes, so if you have a question um, that you want to ask around um, personal branding, around, uh, yeah, somebody has requested. Yeah, so I've approved. Um, I've approved you. Uh, please ask your question, Isaiah Yunusa Adams, yes. Apostle. Hello. Hello, good. Evening. Please ask your question. Hi, good evening. Yes, thank you very much, Oladimiji, for your contribution so far. It has been very, very interesting, sir. God bless you, sir. Amen. Thank you. Yes, um, just a, a quick one. I just want to ask. For instance, you are a Christian creative and um, you create yes. Christian content. Yeah. Um, for like uh, gospel music artists, because I work with a lot of gospel artists and uh, they will always come up with 
how do I get my songs, my ministrations and materials to go viral and uh, make more impact? Please, can you just quickly highlight that so, so that I can have, the, you know, have that knowledge to be able to um, educate some of them that I, that I work with um, around my ministry? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, thank you so much for uh, um, the question. Uh, one thing is, uh, content is not um, specific to a sect of people, right? Um, yeah. Like as I was saying, is the story that matters. Is the story that matters. A lot of persons do not to package whatever it is that they have for the audience that they're trying to reach. Now, if your music is doesn't really sound great, then people won't listen. If you don't present it the way it should, then people won't listen. Like a couple of days ago, I was going and I saw someone created an ebook, and then the person just posted a picture of the ebook without any caption and expecting people to just buy the ebook. The story around why you created the ebook and why people can get invested in it. So I think they should actually understand, they should go and learn about marketing and communications. Once they can understand that bit, Every other thing will become easy because they can easily communicate what they are trying to do to people. And from there, you know, many persons will say, oh, so this is what you're trying to do. This is the content you created. And everything goes fine. And like I said, the more you push out content, the more people see it, the more visibility you get, the more, you know, money you can make. It's like a, it's a flow. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. It's a flow. So. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. I appreciate you very much, sir. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, all right, thank you. All right, um, Dimitri, would you still want to take one more question or should we call it today? I, I actually go now. So I scheduled another meeting for eight and five minutes oh. already. Oh, so sorry. So, uh, for everyone listening, uh, if you have questions, you can just jump into my inbox and you can also actually check through the profile. I, I think I will drop another link, um, about a workshop that we'll be holding next week around remote jobs around this job thing so if you're really interested in the workshop like just click on the link but i would reach out to you to make for us to like have an extensive session on this another time but for everyone listening thank you for joining look out for the link i want to post now if you're interested in joining the workshop for remote jobs and how you like get jobs remotely uh it's going to be like an interesting workshop but thank you uh, it was a short notice to you, Dimitri, and you, uh, you agreed to speak. So thank you so much. And um, I would say to everyone, have a good night. Check out for the link uh, if you're interested in joining the workshop. Uh, so thank you so much, and good night to everyone. All right. Thank you, Mr. Clamber. God bless you, sir. Good night. Yeah. Yeah, good night, Dimitri.